0: They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you get one extra episodes every month? Of course you do. We'll head over to patreon.com/nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond it is wednesday night and you know it's time to talk about retro games and stuff so i'm excited i don't know
2: about you yeah no we've got some uh good news stories to talk about got a fun review planned for today and uh little new addition to uh the Nerd Cave Retro Family that we will mention a little bit later on yes. in the show, but uh, how's your week been? I know you and I actually haven't really talked that much. <laughs> no, um, it's been a good week.
1: I mean, uh, first time um, since the pandemic happened, I was able to get out of town for a few days. We had to go uh, go out of town for some stuff and um, came back Sunday evening and went back to work on Monday. So, uh, been honestly Monday night, I just slept. All evening, <laughs> I didn't do much else. So uh, the only thing I've really done, other than go out of town, is just play Animal Crossing. That's all I've done. <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hear it's Animal Crossing is not really a game. It's more like a lifestyle. <sighs>
1: like, oh my god, it's it's chores. The video game. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm hopelessly addicted to it. <laughs> I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I just I don't know. There's something about picking up sticks and selling fruit for like half a million dollars is just really fun, and I wish I could do that myself as a job.
2: Well, you got to have enough money to pay the turnip lady a visit.
1: Well, yeah, I gotta gotta visit her, and then you gotta you know you're always indebted to Tom Nook, who is kind of like the uh, uh, well, let's see, he's kind of like the Watto of the uh, (laughs) the island. And you're pretty much his slave.
2: Please tell me he talks like Watto.
1: No, I wish he did though. Is it you know, when the people in Animal Crossing talk, it's just like
2: <laughs>
1: while you read the text. But if you could if I could walk into the office and he's like,
0: Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <coughs> that hurts to do <laughs>
2: Republic credits are no uh, good out here. I need something more
1: real. Oh my God, that voice hurts so bad to do.
2: <laughs> That's why I only do half an impression. Yeah, <laughs> He's
1: like, come on in here. i give you some bells.
2: Eh?
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> How was That's your fantastic.
2: week? It's been pretty good. I've been working quite a bit, but other than that, it's, it's been calming down a little bit i was able to start my morning show back this week which was nice i've had some some really good discussion on it and something that I, i've really gotten into it's only two episodes in and I, I know i've told you about it but the new uh, undertaker series yes. on the wwe network called the last ride it's kind of a a play on the Last Dance series that came out on ESPN. Yeah, this weekend but, um,
1: I'm I'm taking your advice and I'm going to use the Nerd Cave retro Gmail account to get another thirty three days <laughs> of WWE well, Network.
2: Well, I think by yeah by this weekend, you know, by the time a month hits, the series should be done because yeah. I think it wraps up in mid to late June. That's but it's awesome. it's really really good. Like it follows Undertaker pretty much from 2017 to now. So the first episode deals with his WrestleMania match that he had with Roman Reigns a few years ago that was supposed to be his retirement match, but he showed up, like, out of shape, and you could tell that he he didn't really belong in where he was at. Yeah. So the second episode is all about him coming back a year later and shows him training and, you know, getting right in order to do uh, a right match. Yeah. So... I want to watch The fact so that, you know, bad. he's never really done interviews or he's never opened up about anything. So mm-hmm. you're getting to learn, like, about him, the individual.
1: That's the cool thing is, about it. Like, he's so, like, not only is his character mysterious, but you don't know anything about the dude, like, personally. And that's what adds to the mystery of the character itself. I think that's why it's been so,
2: why he's been so successful with it for, like, 30 years. Well, he even talks about it, how he's, essentially like kept himself isolated from media and all mm. that stuff for 30 years. And he's yeah. just now starting to do it. That's but so awesome. that's, that's the main thing that, that I've been watching other than that, just still doing the morning show, doing the nor- the other podcasts and everything. So yeah. the, this past, Oh, one cool thing. So we've started doing um, dinner nights at the stadium that I work at. And on Thursdays, we've started hosting Team Trivia, which is hosted by yours truly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had a, a really good turnout last week. I think we had close to 20 teams show up, which was actually really good. That's and then we're, awesome. we're doing a Harry Potter Trivia this week. And oh, I, yeah. I we're hoping that's another good turnout, too. And I know we're, we've got Star Wars lined up sometime in the next couple of weeks. So That's
1: cool. I wish I could go to yeah. Star Wars Trivia.
2: No, it's the, the whole trivia thing's been really fun. It was like one of those things that, you know, it's kind of on my list of just things that I think would be cool to do is to host trivia. So it's been oh, good.
1: Yeah. Oh, you should do wrestling trivia too.
2: Oh, that'd be good.
1: Oh yeah. Uh Rampage, don't worry about that. I'm I'm trying out some new scene stuff where I switch between cameras. Trying to make it trying to make it a little uh A little more interesting of a watch for the show. (laughs) There's nothing going wrong. It's just me. I'm doing that on purpose. (laughs) Um, Oh, oh, but also, um, I had my yearly physical today with the doctor. And I had a dentist appointment in the afternoon. And they had to um, take my temperature both times before I could go inside. And um, my temperature today, all day long. And I don't know if this is a regular thing, but it was 96.7. I'm like, am I slowly turning into a corpse or (laughs) what is happening? So I don't know. It's
2: not too far off from the normal temperature. Yeah,
1: but still, (laughs) I usually run hot, but now I'm cold, so I don't know what's going on. Am I dying? I hope not. I doubt that. Not ready to die yet.
2: Hmm. You still got a lot of living to do. I hope so.
1: But uh, I'm ready to get to the news. We got some cool news stories. You
2: ready? We do. Let's Let's do it.
1: Do it. From NintendoLife.com, N64 Star Wars title Shadows of the Empire is getting a soundtrack release on CD and vinyl. When the Nintendo 64 launched back in the 90s, it arrived with the likes of Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64, as well as LucasArts Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. The 3D action title was part of a multimedia campaign that also covered books, comic books, and toys, and bridged the gap between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And I don't know about you, but we could go on a whole uh, hour-long talk about how um, Shadows of the Empire should still be canon in the Star Wars universe. But that's for another episode. But if you're a fan of the uh, Shadows of the Empire. The soundtrack launches on August 17th and will cost $14 on CD and $22 on vinyl, and both will showcase cover art by Drew Struzan, who I actually have a uh, personalized, um, uh, one of his um, original artworks on my wall, personalized by him and signed, so it's fantastic, and I will be buried with it. (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't know who Drew Struzan is, he did the posters for Blade Runner, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, The Goonies, uh, E.T., the the all the Star Wars posters from the uh, the re-releases forward. Um pretty much any movie poster that you remember that's like extremely memorable, like Big Trouble in Little China, he did all those movie posters. Drew Struzan is the man.
2: Yeah, just Google him and you'll find out very quickly exactly who he is. Uh, So I just want to say that uh, it says here the soundtrack launches on August 7th. Uh, My birthday's in August, so if anybody's looking (laughs) for a a gift to get for me. No, in in all seriousness, this is really cool. And the fact that it's going to have Drew Struzan art on it just makes it even better. I I I on the Rampage
1: said all the... Quote, orange posters. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah. true. That's, that's no, one of that, his color schemes. I would schemes. say that's
2: accurate. <laughs> that's definitely accurate.
1: And no, he did not take my temperature with, in my butt. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not how my temperature was taken, sir. No. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Uh, well, moving on from temperatures. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I'm no, going to buy this. Is this.
1: A... I'm getting this on vinyl. at uh, oh, 100%.
2: Same. No, this, this will be, I haven't bought a good vinyl in a while, and I really like the Empire, uh, Shadows of the Empire um, soundtrack, so yeah, I will definitely be getting this. Mm-hmm. This was a nice little surprise story.
1: Yeah, I know. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I didn't even know this was coming out or anything. I just I ran across
2: the, uh, the, the article yesterday. I was like, oh, this is so cool. So, moving on from a fun story, now we get to suck the fun out of the room. Yeah, thanks, Nintendo. (laughs) Right? This comes to us from Deseret.com. Nintendo files two lawsuits against hackers. You don't say. Hmm. Here's why. (laughs) Nintendo of America filed two lawsuits against a group of hackers who sell the Switch software so that people can play pirated games. What's the news? So, here are the bullet points. Nintendo has filed two lawsuits, one against Uber Chips and another against an anonymous group of websites on Friday. The Nintendo lawyer said the defendants sell products from a group called Team Executor. The lawyer said the sold products are an unauthorized operating system and accompanying piracy tools that install it. The lawyer said these products help users evade Nintendo's security measures, which often stop people from creating unauthorized and pirates' copies of games according to Polygon. Players can download the unauthorized operating system to begin playing those pirated games, and the kits are available online on websites listed in the lawsuit. According to Polygon, these kits only cost forty-seven ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I actually so what heard
1: you uh, on another podcast today, they were talking about this very thing, and um, Nintendo is suing for, I think... <clears throat> like $2500 for every kit that was sold. And I think they sold like over a thousand of these kits to hack the switch. And if that happens that that, you know, that's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they're they're out to bury this company. These companies yeah. is what they're trying to do.
2: I guess where my thing is like I've never really been one to wanna to hack a system mm-hmm. so the the appeal of it has <clears throat> just never been there for me, but i mean yeah me as 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 much as we knock Nintendo, like it is their software, yeah, so it's like I don't really blame them, like do I think they go a little bit too far, possibly? Depends on what your opinion of too far is. But. Well,
1: for something like this, I can understand because, like you said, they're trying to protect their uh, their hardware and stuff like that. But when they go after uh, you know ROM sites and stuff like yeah. that, that's where I think it gets a little unfair, especially if it's uh, a ROM site that runs off of basically like donations and stuff like that. Because there's no other way that these games can be preserved. There's nowhere to, to have them. So that's that's really crappy on Nintendo's part to do that.
2: Yeah, and I, I do agree with that. It, I, I feel like almost like every other month we get this story about Nintendo suing somebody. Yeah. Or some type of company.
1: Well, they've got the money to do it. I mean, Nintendo has limitless resources, so <laughs> if they come after you, there's pretty much nothing you're going to be able to do. You might as well just lay down and just... All right. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you're going to be able to do.
2: <clears throat> well, they're a company that you can't really afford to fight in court.
1: Yeah. Um. This is from Nintendo.com. More than 80 NES and Super NES games are now available with Nintendo Switch Online. On May 20th, three Super Nintendo games and one Nintendo gamer joining this Switch online service, bringing the total number of classic games up to uh, 82. Um, joining the Super Nintendo library are Wild Guns, um, Panel de which I heard is pretty good because it's, it's like the Japanese version of Tetris, and uh, if that's how you pronounce it, and Operation Logic Bomb. I've uh, never even heard of the uh, of the second two of them. I've heard of Wild Guns, but I've never played it before. Uh, and for the uh, Nintendo, uh, Rygar is going to be on the Nintendo Switch, and I could have sworn Rygar was already on there, but I guess I'll make wrong. Joey Image happy. Oh yeah, I bet he's so. This is like his favorite game in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs>
2: Anytime I hear the name Rygar,
1: I instantly yeah. think of Joey. Image. It's a great game, though. I mean, I had a lot of fun playing it when I reviewed it. It's a really underrated Nintendo game. It's got exploration. It, the, the what's the name of the the weapon that he uses? The disc armor is like one of the like most satisfying weapons that you I've ever used in a video game. Like it's cool to use. There's a lot of exploration. Like it's. It's a side scroller. It's
2: platforming.
1: It's cool. I love it.
2: Rampage says, "Nintendo, don't give away our good stuff." Here's Rygar.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you better better be glad Joey's not in the uh, the chat room right now, or there would be a fight going on. Oh,
2: he man. would fly to your front door <laughs> and he would body slam you for that. Don't give away our good stuff.
1: Here's Rygar. <laughs> That's awful, man. Dude, Rygar's a good game, man. I mean, if what did he just say? said something about it. uh Haven't played Rygar in years. Go back and play it. It's really worth playing. It's, it, it is a really good, really underrated Nintendo game. At least I think so.
2: Now I finally get to check it out now that it's on the Switch. Yeah. I I will say my general thoughts to them saying that they've announced you know, four new games. I, I'm going to use a quote that I haven't used in a few weeks on the show. Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I just feel like why can't they put out games more consistently? Yeah. Like That's... I see the, the thumbnail of the video here, May game updates. Did you have any in April? No. Did you have any in March? When was the last update that we had? It was last year, wasn't it? I believe so. Come on, Nintendo. Get on why, it, man. Why can't you do once a month? <sighs> I don't get it, man. At least. It, it makes absolutely zero sense. I don't know. Uh, but on another, uh, th- this, this article made me laugh. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, This comes to us from Forbes.com. It's been 25 years since Sega of America made its biggest ever mistake. And I completely (laughs) forgot about this story, but this had me laughing out loud when I read it. Yeah. Because props to whoever wrote this. So the day this was posted, uh, which was May 11th, was the 25-year anniversary of the Sega Saturn. There's nothing like getting a long awaited game console on launch day. You might have waited for weeks or months before having the privilege to queue outside a Toys R Us to get a Sega Genesis. You may have taken the day off to wait for a Wii U to get delivered. I speak from experience. Okay. Whatever you did, these moments stick with you for a lifetime. On May 11th, 1995, the day of the Sega Saturn's North American launch, such exciting scenes did not exist. In what may have been the most damaging console launch in the history of gaming, a well-meaning surprise from Sega of America was completely undone by poor planning, terrible execution, and plucky cutthroat competition. On this day 25 years ago, Sega of America president Tom Kalinske took to the stage at the first-ever E3 inside the LA Convention Center and left attendees slack-jawed following his huge announcement. The Sega Saturn was, from that moment, on sale across the U.S., it was a power play to gain the upper hand in an intense rivalry that started in late 94 when Japan witnessed the Saturn going toe-to-toe with the all-new Sony PlayStation. Now, as a rebuttal to that... Oh, come on, browser. Don't freeze on me. Come on. It's working for okay. me. Okay, there we go. Uh, so, as a rebuttal... The competition dropped the elbow, followed by a stone cold stunner and a swanton bomb. <laughs> that same day, Steve Race, Sony's head of development, took to the stage. He didn't take the wind out of Sega's sails, he set fire to its entire ship and watched it sink hard and fast. Hmm. His announcement was simple and just three words $299. Mm-hmm. $100 so
1: cheaper than the Saturn. Yep.
2: Than the Saturn. So, like, with that. Sega's surprise was dead-hmm and honestly, like what could have been a decent console from Sega because I mean the the Saturn was a failure well, if you really think about it, this is kind of
1: Nintendo's fault that the Saturn d- died the way it did because the only reason we have the Sony PlayStation is because Nintendo basically effed over Sony with the uh, the Nintendo PlayStation. And Sony took their idea, and, you know, basically took their ball and said, all right, we're going home. And they took their yeah. ball and made a whole nother freaking, you know, console that's kicked everybody's ass the last 25 years.
2: I, You know what? I actually didn't think of it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. So Nintendo really did end up burying Sega, and then ended up buying them, so. just
2: not in the way that they intended to. Yeah, hmm. which is the crazy because I remember the Saturn having like a good, like reveal trailer back in the day, like it it, it looked promising. But then, you know, Sony comes out and they just say, "Oh well." Ours is cheaper yeah, and has just as good of content. See, I mean,
1: I remember the Sega Saturn and all that stuff, but this was around the time, and we've talked about this before, this was in my PC gaming phase. I was not into consoles in the least, so all of this just passed below my radar because I was all in on PC gaming, and I didn't jump back into console gaming until, like, 99 when I finally got a Nintendo 64, and then I got an Xbox in 2001, and then the rest is history. I got an Xbox 360, uh, PS3, PS4, and now I've got the uh, the Nintendo Switch. Well, I had a Nintendo GameCube too back then after the 64. I bought a GameCube and then an Xbox, and then of course, everything after the afterwards, but all that Sega Saturn stuff, the What was the other one, the Sega, um, the, what was the other one they put out?
2: Well, you had all the attachments.
1: Yeah, well, there was the 32X that they put out for the Genesis, and and didn't they put out the Saturn, like, not even a year later, or maybe even a couple of months later, they put the Saturn out? I think so. So it was like, all this stuff just piled on top of one another that Sega was throwing out there, and it just, I don't know, it just kind of, everybody was just like, oh my god, what are they doing?
2: Well, let's not forget the Dreamcast.
1: Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of—the Dreamcast. So you had the you had the 32X, then the the Saturn, then the Dreamcast, and the Saturn was you know dead on arrival. So then they turn around and release the Dreamcast not too long afterwards, and it was just I don't know, it was a little too little, too late, I guess.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> no, I I never owned the Saturn. Like that was just a console that I skipped because Sega. The only consoles I had, I had a Genesis. And then I had a Dreamcast strictly for the Sonic Adventure games. And then, um, let's see. Nintendo, I've had all the consoles at one point. Yeah, I didn't actually I get
1: a Wii until like 2011 or 12, I think. Somewhere around there. It was I late in actually... the Wii's life before I, when, before I finally got one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't own a PlayStation until much later and then eventually got the PS2. I didn't ever have a PS3. Yeah. Well,
1: um, I never actually owned a PlayStation. I just had friends that had it and I would always play with them, but, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't actually get a PlayStation because I, I had a roommate back in 2000 to 2005 and I owned an Xbox and he had the PlayStation two. And so we had them both hooked up. So I, you know, I essentially had a PlayStation 2 for, you know, until 2005 when we finally, you know, split up and went our separate ways. And then I ended up getting a PlayStation 3, you know, Xbox 360, and then a PlayStation 4. And yeah. I
2: missed the PlayStation 3.
1: The PlayStation 3 was a kick-ass console,
2: man. I heard good things, but, like, having the option of either... 360 or PS3. I went with 360 just yeah. because of Halo.
1: Yeah, 360 was great. Like, and then once the the Xbox One dropped, I had zero interest in getting an Xbox One. Same. So maybe they'll be a little different this time around, but I, I don't know because I think uh, you know Microsoft's got the whole Game Pass thing going on where you can play stuff on the on the uh, on computer and. The, the Xbox One X and all that stuff. So I don't know what, what Sony's going to do this time around. So it's going to be an interesting uh, console generation coming up. And then you got Nintendo over here going, we're good, we got the Switch and just yeah. sold 80 billion copies of Animal Crossing. So we're good, we're good. We'll be fine for a bit. Yeah, they'll be fine for the next, you know, 100 years. Ah, Nintendo. And then they're coming out with the new Paper Mario game uh and next month and like didn't even see that coming from out of nowhere they're
2: just like oh you like animal crossing guess what boom paper mario which going off of that so you know that story that came out about okay well there's going to be a new paper mario game and there's going to be remastered classic mario games like 64 sunshine etc the paper mario turned out to be true yeah. So that makes me think that the remastered have to be true as well. <laughs>
1: it has to be. We're getting a Metroid trailer soon. We're at least getting a trailer or a reveal this summer. I can feel it.
2: I think so, too. I can, I know, we're I know get... Nintendo's not doing their June Direct.
1: Yeah, well, I know we're getting a, uh, the, the Metroid Prime remaster, and I think when they drop the Metroid Prime remaster, boom. We're getting uh, Metroid Prime, uh, a new Metroid Prime game. Yeah, and that's I, more which I'm trailer.
2: I'm okay with. Like I think remastering the trilogy will be a good way to to tie the fans over because I really want to go back and play the original Metroid Prime again.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm so in the mood for Metroid at this point. I'm I'm so ready. Yeah, but uh, but I don't know about you, but it is uh, time now for this month in video game history. Yes. <laughs> May 22nd of 1980, Namco releases Pac-Man, originally Puckman, in Japan. It becomes the highest grossing game of all time. It has the, uh, the first gaming mascot character, established the maze chase genre, opened gaming to female audiences, and introduced power-ups and featured cutscenes. And I don't know if you know this, Derek. I was searching around on Netflix the other day, and they have this show on there called, like, The New Adventures of Pac-Man. That just came out like a couple of years ago. And I'm like, oh, we've got to do a commentary track for this.
2: So it's a new show.
1: Yeah. It was like not that long ago. It was like the new adventures of Pac Man.
2: Really? What is this?
1: I did not know that. Yeah. We're going to have to look it up. And uh, we're going to, we're definitely doing a commentary track for that.
2: I mean, I knew of the old cartoon. Yeah. Because I remember, wasn't there like a Christmas special of that at some point? I don't, maybe? There was some type of special like holiday episode. Because I, I, I distinctly remember watching it at my grandparents' um yeah, house. There's one in, uh, here called uh,
1: Santa Pax Mary Berry Day. <laughs> that, that might be it. And then there's... Uh, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Let me look at this. and uh, Oh, I don't want to play it. Stop playing. <laughs> I was just trying to look up info on it. Um, is there a way I can look up info without it actually playing? I'm just going to add it to my list. and We'll see. It says, Goofy, Exciting Comedy. I like it.
2: I may have to watch an episode when we're done with the podcast. Oh, we're
1: we're definitely doing a uh, a commentary track for this.
2: We just gotta pick a day and just do like four or five of those commentary tracks. Oh, like, I know, back to back to back. But no, um, I mean, who doesn't know who Pac-Man is? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's one of Miss Pac-Man the most fun- is
1: still my favorite arcade game of all time. If I see a Miss Pac-Man yeah. machine, I'm playing it.
2: You got to own one at some point. And I'm still, I'm still convinced that every
1: pizzeria in America has a Miss Pac-Man machine. I'm, so, I'm gonna start that Instagram account as soon as I start being able to, uh, to travel again. I'm gonna start taking pictures of Miss Pac-Man machines in pizzerias around America.
2: What would happen if you find one that doesn't?
1: Hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens when I get there.
2: Just make sure it's filmed.
1: Yeah. Or it's if if it doesn't have Miss Pac-Man, it has a Galaga.
2: So if it has Galaga, it gets a pass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Either that or a Street I, Fighter. <laughs> it's gotta have a Street fair. Fighter. I think that's fair. But in May of nineteen eighty two, Atari releases Yars Revenge. You know, we've talked the, about this a few times. One of
1: the first games to ever have uh, an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. The designer, or yeah, the uh, the, uh, the programmer put his uh, initials in there somewhere. I forgot how you access it. Maybe it says. Yeah, on I'm the
2: reading page. it right here. <laughs> yeah, after killing the swirl in mid flight, a black vertical line appears on the screen across the spot where the swirl was shot. The line is referred to in the manual as the ghost of Yars. Yes, it warns the player to stay off its mean streak. If the R's in the lower third of the screen in the black spot on its back across the vertical line at the moment the explosion vanishes, the game ends and goes into the game select screen with the programmer's initials HSW shown both forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I-, I love little Easter eggs like that. Yeah,
1: I've always loved the box art to this game too. I think Yards yeah. of Revenge had some of the coolest box art. Well, it's just
2: so bright.
1: Yeah. Like who doesn't like a big fly with, you know, like a machine gun arm? <laughs> like that's Jeff just Jeff Goldblum cool. does. Yeah, he does. I love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I
2: do
1: too. Um let's see. May of nineteen eighty three. Sega Laserdisc hardware is released as the first Laserdisc video game hardware, which then went on to make, guess what? Um Dragon's Lair. uh, Oh yeah, was I was trying to think of this other one that we just talked about last week—the Astron Belt. Remember we talked about that last week? Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm seeing it right here. Yeah, Astron Belt, Galaxy Ranger, and Time Traveler. Yeah,
1: I don't know why that name slipped
2: past my head. Like we just talked about it, and I was like, oh,
1: what's the name of
2: it?" (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know that something that and this kind of has to do with what we're talking about, but like I do want to. Actually, watch a movie on Laserdisc at some point just to say that I've done it. Um, Rampage had said uh, Yara
1: is is Ray spelled backwards. I forgot who Ray is in regards to the game itself. I think Ray was uh, referred to as like one of the managers or something at Atari, if I have that correct, like one of the development heads or something like that. Some dude that was in charge at um, Atari. And he called it Yara's Revenge as, like, Ray's Revenge or something like that. Yeah. I think that that story might be on The Video Game Years, which if you haven't seen The Video Game Years, watch it on Amazon Prime. Really good.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: Oh, why did I just X out of Twitch? Why did I do that? <laughs> Sorry. Let's see.
2: No, you're good. Uh, In May of 1985, Capcom releases Commando, a vertically scrolling on-foot shooter which inspires many games with similar themes and gameplay. I want to review Commando
1: one of these days. I want to get a copy. Of, I might look for that this weekend because um, Angelina wanted to go over to the... Uh, Outlet mall where the video game store is, the retro game store, and I might pick up a copy of Commando because I love I those us ta- vertical, vertically scrolling shooters like uh, like Gunsmoke and things like that.
2: Yeah, I remember us talking about this last year around this time because I, I recognize the screenshot of how the gameplay looks, and no, I mean, it, it looks like it would be fun. It's not
1: based on the uh, the uh, Schwarzenegger movie. It's just. That's just what it's called, is Commando. <laughs> That'd be cool if it was based off the Commando movie. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> May 11th of 1995, Sega releases the Sega Saturn console in North America, which we just talked about in the news section. We did. Ah, Sega. Yeah. What missteps funny enough, you
2: had. Funny enough, we also talked about this next thing, in that news article, yeah. May 11th through 13th of 1995, the first electronic entertainment expo, also known as E3, is held in Los Angeles, California. Which is now probably
1: not going to have any more after this year. I think uh, COVID may have finally put the final nail in the coffin of E3.
2: Which is a shame because that was something that was like on my bucket list.
1: Yeah, was me to go too. To E3. I always wanted to go because... You know, I've been listening to podcasts since, like, 2007. And I used to listen to games like Uncle Gamer and all that kind of stuff. And they all were from California, so they would get invited to E3, all those yeah. guys. I'm like, man, I would love to go one of these days as press. Like, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah. Dude, especially, like, around this time. Like, I'd say, like, 97 to, like, 2005. I would have loved to have gone to E3. Yeah. Because you would have had, like, Ocarina of Time. You would have had the unveiling of the GameCube. Mm -hmm. All these other games and consoles. It would would have been just a a great time to go. Uh, Let's see. May 22nd of 1998,
1: Unreal is released by GT Interactive for Windows. Uh, They're actually up to Unreal Engine 5 at this point. Did you see any of the... uh, the um, some of the test footage that they did last week that they um put up um for the Unreal Engine 5 for the PS5 mm-hmm. yeah that looks cool
2: the whole Unreal Engine is freaking insane yeah they're doing like i've that... seen some of the remakes that have been done like mm. with Mario like there's one that was done with um Mario 64 that looks incredible yeah it's awesome.
1: I hope they do a lot more remasters in the uh, Unreal 5 engine. That would be so cool.
2: Yeah, dude, if they did like a full remaster of Mario 64 with Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they're
1: doing that new um uh, they just came out with that new technology called ray tracing. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. uh, if you heard anything about that, but um apparently like the way it's going to work is like it's going to make it a lot easier for game developers to be able to, because what they used to have to do is, you know, for like geometry and all that stuff that would take them so long to do because they would have to model the stuff in, you know, the, whatever 3d uh, programming they were used and then have to render it before they could see what the lighting did to it. So mm. it would take for. Ever to do this, but now it's going, they're going to be able to do it in real time. So it's going to probably cut down on the time it takes to actually make games. So that's going to be a really cool thing.
2: Yeah. No, that's fantastic.
1: Of course, it might put a lot but- of people out of work, but you know, that sucks too. But
2: <laughs> yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. That's the price of technology. Yeah. But to close us out for this month in video game history, in May of 1999, Nintendo started working on what will eventually become the GameCube under the codename Project Dolphin. Hmm. And as a little reference to that in the uh, original Pikmin game, Captain Olimar, the character you play as, his uh, spaceship is called the Dolphin. I did not know that. I remember yep, you talking about
1: that when you, when you reviewed that.
2: I think we did talk yeah, about that. Yeah that that was a a little nod to to that because I I remember everybody's like they, they can't be calling their next system the Dolphin.
1: <laughs> maybe it was a, also a dig at uh, Echo the Dolphin for Sega. Maybe so. No, maybe. You know, this was back maybe in the so. days of Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has some shout outs to give.
2: Yeah, so as always, we want to give shout outs to our awesome patrons over at Patreon. We'd like to give a shout out to Armez Jackson, axeblade 7 Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, aka Mixmaster, and Carlos Longoria. Thank you guys for your contributions and for keeping the lights on for us. If you want to be a part of our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. If we get back to the $50 level, we will do an extra episode for you guys every month, which will be one of the really cool commentary tracks that we've done, say for Sonic the Hedgehog, for Real Ghostbusters, the Mario Brothers movie. Some of the most fun episodes we've ever done are those commentary tracks, and we will do an extra one every month for you guys Just head over to Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And tonight we're going to be talking about...
1: I miss jaunty uh, video game music.
2: (laughs) It's a nice little catchy intro. Yeah. That was nice. So, kind of going off of the Patreon discussion, the Patreons actually decided my review for this week. And it's kind of sad because this is the last of the, what you call classic Sonic games yeah. for the Genesis. Uh, this week, I will be reviewing Sonic & Knuckles, which is a 1994 platform game developed and published by Sega, part of the Sonic the Hedgehog series, and the sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Hmm. So, going back and playing this game, because I, I remember growing up, out of that that original run of Sonic games, Sonic 1 through 3, and Sonic and & Knuckles, this is the one that I probably played the least. Not because I disliked it, but because I felt like, at that point, the games were getting to be a little bit old hat for me. Yeah, Even though... It did introduce one of the coolest features ever in a video game, and I've mentioned it on the show several times, but I'll get to that in a bit. So when Sonic 3 came along, it introduced the character of Knuckles, and he became extremely popular. So, of course, the next logical thing to do was to make him a playable character, which they did in this game. This is the first game that he ever became a playable character. And what's cool is that the Sonic and Knuckles, like, you can play as either one of them. And their stories, though they're separate, they do intertwine a bit. So if you play as Sonic, you do run into Knuckles on occasion. And at that, at this time, he still thinks that Sonic is a villain. Mm-hmm. So he'll, like, interrupt your progress, and you'll have to, like, go a different way. You know, Sonic's trying to find Robotnik, who still has the... Um, the Master Emerald. And then Knuckles is fighting what's called the Egg Robo, which is like a robotic duplicate of Robotnik. Hmm. The gameplay and it's kind of the differences between Sonic and Knuckles' style of gameplay. Uh, Knuckles can't jump nearly as high, but the two things that he can do, well, actually three things. Um, you can glide through the air. Knuckles can also use the spikes on his fist. To uh, climb up walls. Mm-hmm. And you can also smash through uh, certain structures that normally you'd have to do a spin dash for. Knuckles can just kind of walk through. So it, it makes the Knuckles play through. To me, it's a little more challenging, even though you might have more convenient powers. But I've always found the Knuckles style of play because, you know, you can't jump as high to reach, you know, platforms that Sonic could with ease. So you'll have to, like, climb up walls and glide to, you know, your next objective. But um, the game plays very similar to Sonic 3. It it looks identical because I think these games were made essentially at the same time. It's the same size as Sonic 3. They each have uh, six zones, each with two acts. It, the, the Sonic and Knuckles does have some of the more fun uh, zones in my opinion. Flying Battery Zone has one of my favorite theme songs uh, out of any in the entire franchise. You're essentially on a giant um, Robotnik's giant battleship. Yeah. There's also um, Sandyopolis Zone, which you're in like a desert ruins type of setting. Then you have like the Lava Reef Zone, which you're essentially having to jump from platform to platform because you're surrounded by lava. So it, it it plays essentially just like a a typical Sonic game. But like I said, I, I think the one of the biggest knocks with this game is that it's the fourth game in the franchise, and it's kind of like, where do you go from here? I mean, yeah, adding Knuckles was cool, but it's still kind of like playing the same thing so this is the one I'm
1: reading here where it says it has the lock on technology where you open the hatch on the cartridge and insert a second cartridge uh, Sonic 3 is inserted the player can play through both games as one Sonic 3 and Knuckles um, I thought that uh, that was done with 3 and 2 but maybe because um, I know we had talked about this before
2: So the lock-on technology does a few different things, not just with Sonic 3. So that was the interesting thing, too, is when I got Sonic & Knuckles, I noticed that on the the top of the cartridge is this little like plastic hatch. Mm -hmm. And you open it, and there's a spot where you can put another cartridge. And I'm like, what is this? And I read up on it, and I'm like, oh, you can connect sonic 3 to it and essentially makes it one big game Mm -hmm. which that's actually on my gaming bucket list to do i've never beat sonic 3 and knuckles before did they
1: ever do that with any other games or was this the only one they did that to uh in the sonic franchise or just gaming in general No, just gaming in general did they do this for
2: any other
1: genesis games
2: not that i'm aware of I mean, maybe they have, but not that I know of. Hmm. So, like I said, it essentially makes it one big game, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, that combines the two into one. What you can also do is you can plug in Sonic 2 into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, and you play through the Sonic 2 game as Knuckles. So it's called something like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with Knuckles and then if you plug in sonic 1 it gives you like a um like an error screen but what you can do it, and you had to look up different passwords and this is where game faqs came in very you know very well in hand um that we mentioned last week you can play through what's called Blue Sphere, which is essentially the special stage from Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles where you run around and you have to hit all the Blue Spheres without hitting any red ones. If you put in different passwords, you can play different iterations of the Blue Sphere special stage. Hmm. So it's like a hidden minigame in a way. That's such a cool technology, though. You'd think they
1: would have implemented that in different you know, Sega games.
2: You would think so, but if you think about it, like, I don't remember that technology ever being around after that. Could you think if they'd have kept
1: doing that and made it, I don't know, just uh, made it more of a thing and did it in other, other Sega games, that would have given them a real big leg up on Nintendo
2: surprised Nintendo
1: didn't do it I know it's it's such a cool technology that it just I don't know why this was just dropped
2: could you imagine if there were like an additional cartridge for Mario World oh
1: dude like Mario (laughs) World 2 and with different characters and then you can lock the cartridges together and play the new characters in the original Super Mario World
2: like, yeah, and not not a thing? Not as, <laughs> not as a knock on Yoshi's Island, because they called Yoshi's Island the sequel to Mario World 2, mm. but if they did, like, a legit sequel, like, same gameplay style as Mario World, and did the lock-on technology, Nintendo would have been drowning in money.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Imagine... Uh, I don't know, uh, like, what's some other good... Like, they could have done that with F-Zero. Like, put out F-Zero, and then they put out, like, F-Zero 2 and F-Zero 3 and just add new... Keep adding new characters and new vehicles, but you can go back and, you know, lock the cartridges together and play, like, the newer vehicles in the older games. I mean, that's that's such a missed opportunity, man.
2: Yeah, I, that should go down like whenever people make lists of like, you know, biggest what ifs mm-hmm. when it comes to video game technology. That should have <clears throat> that should be on it because it was never really expanded on, and it's such a genius concept too. Yeah, because in a way you get the whole um, a rampage says Donkey Kong Country with lock on technology. I was thinking that oh same my god, thing. <laughs> that that would be, so that cool. would be great. Yeah. God, if they did Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2 as lock-on, like mm-hmm. that would be like the ultimate platformer game. Could you know
1: Nintendo had to think about it. Because if, if Sega was doing it Nintendo was thinking about it. Yeah. I don't know, man. That seems like a huge missed like that's money left on the table. For both See, for both of them.
2: Yeah, Rampage says, I actually liked Sonic and Knuckles, but Sonic 2 is still my favorite. I, I would agree with that. Like, Sonic mm. 2 is still easily my favorite of the 2D Sonic games. Yeah. I-, I just think this game came along a little bit too late because it was, I, I don't know. Let me look at again at what year this came that out Rampage in. Rampage like,
1: says was- they could have done it with Street Fighter. They could have done it with uh, Mortal
2: Kombat. Like, oh, my God, the list goes on and on. Yeah, so this came out in 94, and then the Saturn, as we mentioned, came out a year later. Mm -hmm. And they did other Sonic games, like they did the Knuckles Chaotic spinoff for the 32X. But this truly was, like, the last of the, like, original run of Sonic. And it was still fun to go back and play. Like, I'm not knocking it at all, but by that point, like... I don't have the sentimental attachment that I do with Sonic 2 and 3. And I I don't mention 1 because I went back and played 1 later. I didn't play 1 when it originally came out. Like, I started that series with 2.
1: Okay, I'm reading something here, and I'm trying to find it. It says, Sonic & Knuckles has been re-released... Uh, as part of numerous compilations of Sega games, including Sonic Jam, 97, (coughs) Sega Saturn, um, Sonic and Knuckles Collection, 97, and Sonic and Garfield Pack, 99 for the PC. And when I click on it, it doesn't take me to it. Hold on. Uh, Let's see, Sonic and Garfield. I can't find it when I click on it. Unless that's just a typo. I'm like, Sonic and
2: Garfield? I just kind of want to see a picture of those two characters. (laughs) I know, like, those two have nothing
1: to do with Mm -hmm. one another.
2: Yeah, they have nothing in common.
1: Uh, There's a lot of Sonic games out there, man. Look at this list. Just Mm -hmm. click on that and look at this list, and then they actually have canceled games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be on the Amiga it was going to be a, a port to the Amiga in '91, and it was canceled. Um, see Sega Sonic Brothers for the nine for the arcade in '92, um, puzzle game where players assume different colored Sonics. Sister Sonic for the Sega CD. Sonic, Sonic Jr. Crackers. Sonic Crackers. Uh, Sonic Extreme both spellings of extreme x-treme and extreme spelled properly and then sonic
2: ds for the nintendo ds so about sonic crackers that was eventually turned into knuckles chaotix because oh, it had okay. the you essentially had two characters that were tied together by rings and you had to essentially like work with your teammate in order for the game to work yeah because the the screen cap has sonic and tails but they changed it to knuckles and characters like vector the crocodile Espio the chameleon uh charmy the bee Hmm. and rampage also says i don't like the sphere special stages i prefer the half pipe from sonic 2 i agree with that as well like blue sphere is fun but when it comes to um, special stage, I prefer the half-pipe version from mm-hmm. Sonic 2. And he says he honestly would have preferred if they used the Sonic 3 sprite in Sonic Mania at least unlockable or something. I need That's to the cool get thing. Hmm? I
1: need to get that for the uh, the Switch. I see it on Sonic sale Mania. at Walmart all the time, and I just need to go ahead and pick it up.
2: If you do get the full um the full pack. I don't know if it's called Mania Plus or it's like the Mania Encore or something like that. Yeah. But it is essentially has three extra characters. Oh, cool.
1: So I did not know that. Thank you for letting yeah, get me the,
2: know. Yeah, get the get the full version. And that's the kind of the, the little nuances too is that like the Sonic Sprite or the Sprites in general really evolved even in like subtle ways throughout the game. So it's like the Sonic 3 sprite was a little more detailed than Sonic 2, which was a little more detailed than Sonic 1. But I think it just shows, you know, te- uh, pushing the limits of, of your console. Yeah. But um, real quick to go over the what the game is actually about. So it begins immediately after the events of Sonic 3. Uh, the, the Death Egg, which is similar to the Death Star, if we're being honest. Uh, uh, is damaged and crash lands back onto Angel Island. And Sonic and Knuckles go through their respective quests to, um, to find it. And essentially what you do is you actually even go out into space and you fight Robotnik, which is really cool because you have to transform into supersonic hmm. and fly through space and chase down Robotnik. So that, that part is, is really cool. But um, all in all, you know, I, I think, the re- well, the reception of this game, uh, critics praised Sonic and Knuckles despite its similarity to its predecessor. The four reviewers of Electronic Gaming Monthly named it their game of the month. They lauded the lock-on technology and remarked that despite it being more of the same, it is still an exceptional game. A reviewer of GamePro who gave it a perfect score commented that the ability to play as Knuckles makes it essentially two games on a single cartridge. The game is more challenging than Sonic 3. That I would agree with. And the ability to hook the cartridge up to Sonic 2 and 3 make those games worth playing again. Uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, let's see, I believe gave it 9 out of 10 stars. All Game gave it 3.5 out of 5. And IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. So, I mean, all in all, like I'm saying that it feels like more of the same. but that doesn't mean it's not a fun game. Like, I still had fun going back and playing this game, even though I don't have like the emotional attachment that I do with two and three. Yeah. It, it is challenging in some aspects, which I, I like. Like, it is a harder game than, than Sonic three is. And it's weird because Sonic and Knuckles, even though it's the same length as Sonic three, it feels shorter. Hmm. I don't know why, but it does. It has the exact same amount of zones, but it feels like a much shorter game.
1: Maybe there's less to do in each zone?
2: Could be. It could be. But I, I think, you know, with, with the addition of Knuckles, and especially with the lock-on technology, it, it made it a game worth getting. Yeah. So all in all, like I, I still very much enjoyed the game. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would probably give it, I'd say, a seven and a half. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not up there with two and three. I Mm. probably like this game better than the original Sonic. And I'm not knocking the original Sonic, but it's just, to me, the sequel's built on it so much that it made them just much better games than the original one. But I'll always praise the original because you had to start somewhere. Yeah. And of course, you know, the lock on technology was just so cool with hmm. getting to play as Knuckles cuz he was such a cool character at the time. You know, I remember when this when Sonic 3 came out and then they did the adaptation in the comic books and then that led into Knuckles getting his own comic book series. So with his whole backstory and everything. So Knuckles is he's up there with popularity as far as the the uh the sonic characters goes and let's uh keep our fingers crossed that dwayne the rock johnson will voice him in a future movie yeah
1: (laughs) that'd be so cool
2: (laughs) he's like the the top fan vote for
1: for that role yeah oh sonic mania is currently 9.99 on switch until the 26th of may according to i am the rampage so that might be a purchase as of this weekend
2: You should get it. I'm going to. It's worth it. No, it's... It's... um, It says here, but Plus is only if you buy the physical disc.
1: Uh, Yeah, because I I don't know. I like owning... uh, You know, like I bought Animal Crossing on the Switch store. Um, I bought a couple other things like Mega Man 11. But there are just some games I just... I like to have the physical copy of it. And I think I want a physical copy of Sonic Mania.
2: Yeah. Which, no, because I, I, I have the digital version of Sonic Mania, and I was able to get the additional characters. Yeah. So there, there's there got to be an option to do it. But no, I, I would recommend getting the, the full version as a physical copy as well.
1: Might be a birthday
2: present to myself. That's not a bad thing. I knew. Sonic's but always no, good it,
1: as a birthday present.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird because I feel like I'm always reviewing Sonic stuff like at certain timing of Sonic yeah. events. Like I reviewed Sonic Adventure <clears throat> 2 when the movie came out. Now I'm reviewing Sonic and Knuckles when the movie comes yeah. out on DVD, <laughs> which I did pick up. Yeah. And was fun to go back and watch again. It actually so comes it comes with a uh, little comic book. Oh, it's does called it? the It's called The Adventures of Sonic and Donut Lord. Oh, that's awesome. It it's essentially just a, a recap of the movie. Yeah. But it's it's made in the same graphic style. Like you know how in the end credits they model it after mm-hmm. the style of the game? Yeah. That's the style of the comic book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: if anybody's listening to this and you haven't seen the Sonic movie, it's so good. It's better yeah. than it deserves to be. <laughs> like, it should not make a good movie. And they made a good movie out of it. Like, how does that
2: happen? It just kind of makes you wonder like how it would have been received had they not changed his design. Yeah, I know. I think the design
1: helped a lot.
2: Yeah, because I'm like, like, the story-wise, like, it's really not that bad, but I think the design would have been something that people just wouldn't have been able to look past. Yeah.
1: I mean, all it really is is a buddy road trip movie. That's all it is. But, I don't know, there's just, there's magic with it, and I don't understand. It's, It's funny, and it's, adventure and it's like it's so out there that you can't help but just accept it
2: Yeah, you have to look at it for what it is
1: to yeah. enjoy it i don't know it's weird like i went in with such low expect maybe because i went in with such low expectations and was blown away if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet just don't have any expectations just go in watch it, and you're going to be like, you know what? That was a good damn movie.
2: Yeah. And also, if you're a fan of old-school Jim Carrey... Yes. ...you will love this movie.
1: So good. He was back to tip-top form in this movie. Yeah.
2: You could tell he was having fun with this. Oh,
1: yeah, he was. Oh, man.
2: But uh, overall, like I'd say, Sonic & Knuckles, while not the best Sonic game in the world, is still very much worth playing. Still got great gameplay, great music... Uh, and plus, if you have the other games, you get to play essentially three games because you yeah. get Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Three and Knuckles, and Sonic Two starring Knuckles. Fantastic! I will say the Sonic Two with Knuckles is pretty damn hard, hmm. because of the Knuckles' ability to not jump as high. Yeah, in certain levels, it's uh it's borderline frustratingly <laughs> hard, but a, a fun challenge though. Dude, you So know I, I would, I would highly recommend. Um, I, I still recommend getting Sonic and knuckles. It's still a very fun game.
1: You know what? I, I was going to review act razor for next week, but you just reminded me like you're the Sonic guy. I should be the mega man guy. And I haven't done a mega man game since two. That's the only game I've reviewed. And I have mega man 11 and I've been threatening to review that game for the last like two years. So I'm finally, you know what, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to do a review of Mega Man 11. That's what I'm going to do next week.
2: From the ashes of my Sonic reviews, (laughs) rises the phoenix that is Mega Man 11. Because
1: as much as I love Mega Man, you would think I would do more reviews of it, but I don't know, I need to get get on it. I love Mega Man 11, I just, I haven't played it in a long time, I need to go back and play it, and do a review. So that's what I'm doing next week.
2: Fantastic.
1: And uh, before we get out of here tonight, we did uh, get a um, an email from Carlos Longoria. Uh, he sent it this morning, and I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but apparently the signature of Tiger King star Carol Baskin's husband was likely forged as a WGBA. G- WJBO News Radio 11:50 AM. I'm gonna go. Have to. I'm gonna have to go listen to this and uh, <laughs> and see what's going on
2: there. I'm just gonna say, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit,
1: somebody gonna go to jail. <laughs>
2: There's so much stuff that hasn't been told in that story. Yeah. I don't know, man. Did you hear that, that apparently there's going to be a scripted Tiger King series?
1: Yeah, and um Nicolas Cage. Cage is
2: going to pay Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is an excellent choice.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to get, because he's already batshit crazy, so that's yeah. going to be a good fit.
2: I still think if they ever do a Tiger King movie, Danny McBride as Joe Exotic yeah. oh, would be dude. money.
1: <laughs> that's a good idea oh man but before um, we go derek do you have something to uh tell the people about our discord
2: yes yeah, so a uh, special shout out to one of our loyal listeners bethany fox he has created a discord for the nerd cave retro listeners
1: mm-hmm.
2: so you'll be able to join the discord and what we'll do when you guys hear this show, we will have sent out a link on Twitter and Facebook uh, for you guys to join. So if you are not on Discord, feel free to sign up and then just click on the link and you will join our server. We talk about anything from you know, retro games to general conversation. I'll throw in some food photos every now and then it's some it's some fun conversation. I I've really enjoyed being a part of it. So, yeah, we got a um, lot of
1: rooms in there to uh <clears throat> different little chat rooms in there. We have a uh, general discussion, video sharing, hobbies, uh let's see, music, um uh, memes, um one called I need an adult. <laughs> I haven't used that one yet. Um <clears throat> let's see uh anime suggestions or show suggestions, things like that. So, Go join us in the uh, yeah, yeah. So, let, let's really good
2: conversation. Yeah, so uh, when you guys are hearing the show, go check out uh, Twitter and Facebook and just follow the link and join our Discord. Oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Never mind.
1: <laughs> all right, oh man, before I mess something up here, we should go ahead and because I'm clicking all kind of stuff. So, are you ready to go ahead and call it an evening? Uh, Anything you want to pimp before we go tonight?
2: Uh, Yeah, just as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Uh, New episodes come out every Thursday. This week, I'm actually delving into the archive of unreleased shows and releasing a panel I hosted at the Comedy Festival back in January about uh, comedy writing, anything from writing for film, TV, as well as uh, for theater. So if you're into comedy writing, definitely check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast, And, of course, all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube.
1: I uh, just started up a new podcast uh, called The Open Micers Podcast with me and uh, comedian Jacob Craig. Um, I just submitted it to iTunes and all that stuff. So it should be popping up on iTunes and Downcast and all that kind of stuff. Spotify. Very, very soon. Um, So, But if you want to listen to them now, you can head over to the SoundCloud page. Just go to Open Micers Podcast. Uh, You can also go uh, at Open Micers on Twitter and Facebook at Open Micers Podcast. And on Twitter, it's just at Open Micers, M-I-C-E-R-S. The first two episodes, we talked to uh, Kringus Gillespie, who is a touring comedian uh, based out of here and Arizona, he goes back and forth between the two. And on the second episode, we talked to the uh official fact checker, Mr. Wiley Phelps himself for episode two. Uh, and tomorrow night, or actually tonight, when you're listening to if you listen to this when it drops on Thursday morning, we're gonna do uh right here on, on my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash j We're gonna be doing it at 7 p.m. Central Time. And we're gonna be talking to actor Eric Paul Scarabin. And he's got lots of funny uh Nick Cl- he's got a really good Nick Cage story he's gonna tell on the show. So that that ought to be a good time. So if you can make it uh live, please do that. But if not, it will be available pretty much anywhere podcasts are available within the next couple of days.
2: Fantastic.
1: So keep an eye out uh here on my my Twitter and stuff. It's just just go to open micers. And you'll find it. So I think that's going to do it, Derek. I'm ready to walk out the door. What about you? Let's do it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And also, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. It's how we keep the lights on. And if we get back to that $50 level, we will, of course, do the extra episodes every month. A oh, Lots of those uh, commentary episodes that you guys like so much. We'll do those every month on top of the four episodes that you normally get. So there's something to shoot for. But if you can't do that, can't throw us a buck a month, go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away. So Derek, please tell everybody what it's all about.
2: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. I have spoken.
0: Master Blaster runs by the You blow it! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.